Hello, Victoria Banks. Hello, how are you doing, Greg? How am I doing? I'm running late as usual, so uh, <laughs> I just got stuff off the printer one millisecond ago. Okay. Just gotta breathe, gotta breathe. <laughs> it's a show is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Hello, everybody. Hi, this is Victoria Banks, and you're listening to It's a Show. It's a show? Yep. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. Welcome to It's a Show, brought to you by the world-famous Jackpot Casino in beautiful downtown Red Deer, where winners play. And OpenHighway.com. Enhance your customer's experience and generate more cash flow to your bottom line while doing it. Connect with Open Highway and test drive their interactive N-plug system today at OpenHWI.com. I'm Greg Shannon. This is episode 72, featuring my mom, Doreen. Hello, this is Doreen. I'm Greg's mom. I'm on the relentless pursuit of Jan at Greg's radio station or whatever. Yeah, that's good. And a new mom, singer-songwriter Victoria Banks. Let's start with a woman who has toured with Johnny Reed, Reba McIntyre, Winona, Lone Star, and Randy Travis, to name but a few. Once upon a time, she was named the 2010 CCMA Female Artist of the Year and once studied zoology at the University of Toronto. No, it's not my mom. It's baby Alexa's mom, Victoria Banks. Welcome to It's a Show. Hi, Greg. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to hear your voice. It's been a long time. It has. It has lots of water under the bridge since I saw you last time. I think I knew you before you ever met Dave, your husband. Yep, true. And I definitely knew you before you became a mommy. That is very true, yep. (laughs) I love the line in your bio on your website, which is victoriabanks.net. You once said, you're the sum of your scars and the product of your experiences. And I've never read a truer line in my life. The more life I experience, the more I realize that, you know, that everything that happens to you, no matter how wonderful or no matter how terrible, really does become a part of who you are, and it shapes the way that you respond to other people, you know? So so if, if there's any good to come from, from something bad, then that's what it is, because it sends us out into the world a little bit better equipped to be kind to others, I think, you know? Yeah, and that's one thing I've learned as well. You know, you yell at somebody who cuts you off or you do whatever, and these things still happen. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie, but everybody's going through a journey and you have no idea what their journey's like. That's exactly right. And it's so funny that you're saying that because I am about to release a video, a music video that is about that exact concept. (laughs) It's a song called Hello Heart, and I'm about to release this video and I've actually had People, real people, contribute clips of themselves holding signs of what their deepest hurt is. And so it's like a really vulnerable thing for people to do, but these are like real people with real hurt, just to show that you can't tell ever by looking at somebody what they're going through. And, you know, so your, your default reaction to whatever happens really should start out as kindness and compassion, because you just never know where, what their journey is. I know you lost your mom a a while ago, and uh, it was due to mental illness, and I've experienced mental illness in my own family and in my peer group, even in my country music peer group, and I think the one positive, and it's very difficult to find a positive in all of this, is that the awareness is out there now, and people are really starting to be cognizant of taking care of their mental health. 
Yes, yeah, it's something that people are talking about more now. And of course, when you start talking about something, it it uh, takes takes the power away from the stigma. And so, you know that that's that's something that I think people were were embarrassed about. They were embarrassed to talk about, and it was something that would be you know a deep dark family secret if there was mental illness in your family. But really, you know, it's it's an illness just like cancer or anything else that that people struggle with. And, you know, my mom lost her battle with it and, and she died by suicide. And that was something that when it happened to our family, we talked about it amongst ourselves and we were like, you know, we we can't feel like this is a secret. We can't feel like this is something to be ashamed of. This this was a woman who fought hard. She fought like a lion against this illness and, and she just she lost the fight, you know, and, and that that happens to people sometimes. But um the the more we talk about it and the more it's part of a dialogue, then the healthier we're going to be as a society and how we deal with it. So um, I was really excited to see that, that Bell Let's Talk campaign online where people were sharing their experiences with mental illness. And uh, I think that's a really powerful thing. One of the things that's so difficult about it is how hard it is to put yourself in that person's place. You can never really put yourself in, in that person's place and understand what the motivations were and what the desperation was that drove them to that place because their chemistry was not working properly in their brain, you know? So that's something that is it, an illness just like anything else. So it's important, I think, that people understand that. Uh, you grew up without a lot of creature comforts in Ontario, but I think that's probably partially responsible for your close family and your love of music. True? Yeah, I would say that's true. I mean, we were we were in kind of a rustic household. We were in the middle of nowhere in, in Muskoka, Ontario. Uh, our closest neighbors, at least during the winter, were several miles away. And we heated the house with just wood. So, you know, it, it was pretty rustic, and, and it still is. My dad still lives there and, and um, still makes the place go, which is pretty impressive at the age of 76. Wow. But, uh, you know, I, I think that we didn't have, you know, we didn't have TV channels to watch. There wasn't that much to listen to on the radio. So we had to use our imaginations and figure out how to entertain ourselves. And so we did a lot of that, you know, we, as a family, we would, we would sing together. We were, we would sing, actually sing classical pieces together because we were all sort of classical music fans and classically trained. And, and, you know, we studied piano. We read a lot of books. Um, my sister would act out Shakespearean death scenes at the dinner table. And, <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. And then my dad would steal her food while she was lying on the ground. And, you know, it's just like, these crazy things that we would do to entertain ourselves. And I think there's something to be said for having to use your imagination and having the time and the space and the solitude to do that in um, in a world that now is very much, um, you know, there, there's just a lot of sensory input uh, going on. We have little screens with us everywhere we go. And and sometimes I think it's important to give yourself time away from that to be able to really listen to yourself and know who you are. I grew up on a farm, had lots of peace and quiet time, lots of time on the tractor to listen to just music on the radio and lots of thinking mm-hmm. time. I don't think the kids today have that kind of thinking time. No, I don't think they do. And, and I, that's why I think it's that much more important for us to try and create that space for them, even though sometimes it's difficult because... You know, it's, it's it's addictive having something entertaining you every moment of the day. So it, it actually is sort of an addiction that you have to take that out of their out of their space so that they can have some time. But it's important to encourage reading and journaling and and playing music and you know whatever whatever sort of can spark 
someone's creativity because that's really how you how you figure out who you are and what you want in life and I think it can be really difficult without that space to, to figure those things out. Be honest though, you love Netflix, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what's your go-to? Do you and Dave crush some uh, shows when you put the baby down? Oh yeah, we definitely do. You know, it's uh, new parenthood time is like, uh, yeah, it's definitely Netflix uh, binge watching. <laughs> So we're guilty of that just as much as anyone else. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you got to relax somehow and you have to escape yourself because you're constantly uh, an idea generator, a creativity hub as a songwriter. So you need to just escape That's- sometimes to give your brain a rest. That's very true. Yeah. It's really, you know, I literally go to the office here in Nashville five days a week and I have, you know, I'll start around 10 o'clock in the morning and work until four or five in the afternoon writing a song, um, a song or two new songs every day. And uh, so, yeah, when you're coming up with stuff at that pace, sometimes you do need to shut your brain down. This is very interesting for people that don't know how the industry works. So you're signed to a publishing deal, and this is the deal. You have to churn out X number of songs per year in your contract. Mm -hmm. So you're at it five days a week, and these are all collaborations. You're always teaming up with other writers. Um, a lot of them are. Sometimes I'll write alone, but Nashville is a very collaborative city, and the music industry, you know, a lot of it is networking and who you know and, and who you know that knows the artist that might perform the song. So the more people you can have involved, the better. Um, so a lot of the time I'm, I'm collaborating with one or sometimes two other people to, to write a song. Yeah. So without jinxing anything, can you tell us about any cuts you have on hold right now? Oh, gosh. Well, there's always things going on hold, but I never trust anything until I can buy it in Walmart and hear it on the radio. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's such a roller coaster being a songwriter, you know. It's crazy. The things that the things that almost happen uh, could could fill a swimming pool, that's for sure. But it's, uh, it's, it's always cool. One of the things I love um, about it is being on the, the sort of the cutting edge of knowing who the new artists are who are about to come out right. that nobody else in the world has heard yet. And um, so it's really cool being a part of those projects. I just went actually uh, a couple nights ago to a show that was a group called Sister C, and it was three sisters who are fantastic. They were produced by Lee Bryce. And um, they recorded one of my songs for that project. And, and so they're, you know, about to release this record. And, you know, there's all sorts of people who are, uh, who are just, just about to break through. And you never know who that one or two is going to be for next year. That'll be the big, yeah, you know, the, the huge act. So it's, it's a little bit like gambling and playing the lottery for a living, but it's really fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, uh, I neglected in the intro to mention some of the hits that you've uh, collaborated and written, including Sarah Evans' Saints and Angels, One More Girls Breakout, uh, BCCMA winning hit, When It Ain't Raining, Doc Walker's I'm Gonna Make You Love Me, which is kind of like a stalker song. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> Johnny Reed's Smash Dance With Me, which is incredible. And uh, probably your most famous is Jessica Simpson's Billboard breaking single, Come On Over. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but when Tara Lee and I used to do a morning show on KG Country 95.5, we had a little gag we used to do. We had an intro made that said, and now a Jessica Simpson career retrospective. Come on over. You've been listening to a Jessica Simpson (laughs) career retrospective. (laughs) I love that. Every time I play that song live, I always introduce it by saying, this is Jessica Simpson's first and last country hit. (laughs) (laughs) Just the same. It was an awesome hit that we all sung along to, that's for sure. I cried all the way to the bank. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it, you never know what's going to happen with somebody, but it was it was sure great to be a part of that project. And she was very sweet to work with. We wrote that song with her, and uh, and I really enjoyed meeting her, actually. So, um, so it was cool to have that experience. And one thing that you really, um, you know, that really ends up hitting home after a while, and I'm sure it does for you, too, with all the people that you meet and talk to who are, you know, quote-unquote celebrities, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time in the morning. They're, they're all just human and real. And so it's really cool to get a chance to meet a lot of these people who, you know, might have a, a pretty huge sort of celebrity personality that you you expect that they're going to be scary somehow or, you know, you, your pulse starts racing. But then when you sit down with them for five minutes, especially, you know, writing a song when you're talking about what's in your heart, they're just human. So it's a lot of fun. That all being said, was there one particular writing appointment that you were dreading because you were just too nervous to face that person and, and let your emotions go in front of them? Gosh, what about was, the guy? What about the guy from Nashville? Oh yeah, he was. That was that was cool. Yeah, um, guy who plays Deacon yes. on the Nashville TV show. Um, yeah, I had a chance to write with him, and yeah, that was an interesting one because I knew his background too because he used to be on that show. Whose line is it anyway? When cartoon characters go on dates. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> some Megatron. You're sexy, beautiful, even. First drafts of famous movie lines. I'll be back in a couple minutes. I have some things I have to do and then I'll come on back. Look, I'm your second uncle twice removed. So he was one of the comedians and he would make up songs on the spot. 90 proof. She wanted to kick the habit. She didn't know what to do. But if your baby looked like that, then you'd be drinking too. So I was kind of like, gee, I wonder if I'll be able to keep up with this guy, because obviously his brain moves very quickly, and mine doesn't always move that fast. And yet again, a really cool experience, super nice guy. He was very fast, though. He was a very fast writer, so I had to be on my toes and drink a bunch of coffee that morning to keep up with him. (laughs) I know whenever we watch that show, and we're way behind on episodes, my wife makes funny noises down in her throat whenever he comes on screen, so she's like, I can. <laughs> yeah, the ladies love him. I just want to plug your Twitter real quick, at Victoria Banks, and I saw a real cool tweet, listening to Canada's own at Victoria Banks in Nashville. Very impressive performance, new fan. And that was from Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada. Pretty cool. Yeah, that was really cool. You know, that it was a show that I played at the Bluebird Cafe, and I've become a little bit of a regular there now. The folks at the Bluebird are friends of mine, and, and they invite me to perform there quite often. And you never know, every time I start the show, I always say, are there any Canadians in the audience and there always is at least one table of Canadians and it's so cool to see how many Canadians there are you know we're slowly taking over the world but anyhow yeah it was that was really cool to get a chance to to meet him and to see him tweet that you were at a very interesting Canadian only event just about a week ago tell us about the concert and before you do just keep in mind that it's a show is now officially in relentless pursuit of Jan Arden
Oh, yeah. We're trying to get her on the show, and we're doing the six degrees of separation thing. And I saw you tweeting about it, and I thought, boy, this is a perfect opportunity to catch up with Victoria and maybe get one step closer to Jan Arden. Oh, yes. Yeah. Jan is, oh, my gosh, she's so fantastic. And she would be really fun to talk to because she is hilarious. People still come out to the shows, which is always amazing. And my mom will say, I can't believe it. Well, you don't even dance. <laughs> you know, the, the kids now, are they're doing shows with lights and outfits, and my God, some of the get-ups you put on. Could you not wear a skirt? <laughs> and you should get dancers. I'm like, wow, can't even imagine what the choreography would be to I Would Die For You. Right. People rolling around on the stage, you know? <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's the folks who are listening and seeing her live, but, you know, like, her music can be really heavy, but when she talks in between songs, it is like a stand-up comedy routine, so you're just about peeing your pants laughing the whole time. That's <laughs> and, awesome. And then she'll play these poignant songs, but, yeah, so it was this really cool um, show at a small venue. It was a little coffee shop in Nashville, but the point of the show was that it's a fundraiser for this organization called Thistle Farms. It's a charity who uh, it works with women who have been on the street, drug addicted, involved in prostitution, and are coming out of that life into a life of recovery and trying to find their way. And um, so it's uh, actually a place where not only can they go through this recovery process together with counseling and support, but they can also be a part of this company where they make basically spa soaps sprays, perfumes, all sorts of really cool, you know, candles, that kind of thing, and they, they make them for sale, and then all the proceeds go back into the organization. So um, it's become this really cool thing that has grown here in Nashville since probably, it's maybe it's been around about five years. And so they started this cafe right next door called the Thistle Stop Cafe. All the funds that are raised there go back into the organization as well. So they decided that they would start doing these little fundraiser shows and invite local artists to perform. So I was actually the per- first performer that played this little series. And now they, they got Jan Arden to come and play it. And she flew down from Canada uh, just for this show. And she performed as an acoustic trio with two other players backing her up, a guitar player and a piano player who switched back and forth to violin. And it was just the most beautiful thing. She also donated, it, I think, $1,000 to the charity as part of the process. So not only did she not get paid to do this, but she, she paid for the opportunity to do it. It was just really amazing. The show was sold out. It was a small, probably 80-person room, and... I could look around in there and see so many Canadians. It was awesome. I was sitting two tables up from Carolyn Don Johnson and uh, sitting right next to Tennille. So, <laughs> you know, there were, there were Canadian artists everywhere in there. And, uh, of course, we all we all know and love Jan's music so much. And there are a lot of Americans who do as well. So there were, there were Americans in there, too. But I think it was like a really cool little uh, Canadian secret that uh, passed around by word of mouth. And then by the time Jan got there, it was completely sold out and packed. That's it was fantastic. really a, a, an amazing night. Yeah. It was a very amazing night. Okay, so all that being said, do you have her number? <laughs> well, I don't have her number, but it appears that she will tweet me back if I tweet her. So, hey, I can tweet her and say, hey, will you talk to Greg? Okay, and, and you're a writer, so if you could make it a little more eloquent and catchy and hooky, then, hey, will you talk to Greg? That'd be awesome. Like, if you could just make it into, <laughs> like, maybe link it to a, a please get interviewed by Greg on It's a Show song type thing. Like, a verse and a chorus is all I'm saying. <laughs> 
doesn't have to be <laughs> a full thing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> any help any help you can give us would be greatly appreciated. We're trying to nail her down because she is actually coming to perform live at the Memorial Center in Red Deer at the end of March. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah. I'm, I mean, what a perfect opportunity for her to talk with you guys. That's what I Let's was thinking. Let's make that happen. Let's make Let's it happen. Make I love your attitude. You make things all the time. You're a fabulous creator of music, and I'm sure you can't even comprehend how much therapeutic value has been in your music for people that you've never met or even will meet in your life. And it's an extraordinary way to make a living. We're really proud of you, and it's always great to catch up with you. I'm so thankful that you took the time to hang out with us on It's a Show today. Well, thank you, Greg. You made my day. Thank you so much for saying that. Hi, this is Victoria Banks, and you're listening to It's a Show. Hello. Hello, Mother. Hello, son. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, not too bad, I guess. I just had a pretty fun morning. I interviewed Victoria Banks. She's a singer-songwriter in Nashville. Oh. But she's from Ontario. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to put you both on my next episode of It's a Show, so it's all kind of about moms. Okay. Do you know what a podcast is, Mom? No. It's like a radio show on the internet, so that's what you're on right now. Oh. So, theoretically, the whole world couldn't hear this conversation. Oh, my goodness. But we have 100 people that regularly listen. Oh. Yeah, 100 people. Oh, my goodness sake. I'm one of those 100? Well, if you can figure out how to use the computer and listen, (laughs) you might have to get my sister to help. (laughs) Oh, as long as my picture's not on there, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) No no pictures unless you want me to put like... uh, you know, like a really hot actress from the 80s, like Farrah Fawcett, and I'll put your name underneath it or something. Oh, sure. Yeah. That'll be all right. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a lot of time, but I want to just ask you about your first musical memory. Do you remember the first record you ever bought? Well. I forgot to ask Victoria Banks that question. Well, I'll just mention some of the old timers, and I'll tell you. Well, I mean, you guys watched Elvis Presley for the first time in the Ed Sullivan Show at your house on your TV. Yes. Oh, yes. In Hag, Saskatchewan. Oh. Yes. Your family was one of the only ones to have a TV, correct? Yes, that is correct. I had uh, four of my friends join me at our home. And that was a real uh, strange day because we were waiting for the show to start. And then my dad got sick, came over, and he was laying on the floor. And I had to go to, to find the little town doctor to see if he could come. I went over to his place, and he said, I don't take night calls. He hollered out of the window. Jeez. And so, anyway, I had to go home and tell mom that. So how far did you run to get to the doctor? So you ran back, and then what did you say to your mom? I said, Mom, the doctor just won't come. She says, you got to go back there and tell him he has to come. Oh, boy. So he did come, and then he just checked him, and he told us that he had had a heart attack or something. Mom just uh, looked after him till the next day, and then my he was very ill, and... He drove us to Saskatoon to the hospital, and he never came home. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He was just in his early 50s. And that's the memory you have to associate with Elvis Presley. Yeah. The kids told me what happened there but yeah, in the show, but I never got to see him. You never even seen him go on the show at all? No. Well, you're taking me back a lot of years, Greg. <laughs> Man. Oh but man. everywhere I've gone, I have four scarves. From Elvis impersonators. Impersonators, yes. I even got one when I was in Hawaii. They always uh, pick you out of the crowd, and then they start dancing and putting yeah, the scarves around. Yeah, so 
So I've got about, yeah, I've heard different colors. And they came and put it around me and, and stuff could, like that. I remember that. Like you always loved Elvis music and we had that in common and I was born yeah, on Elvis's birthday. Yeah, and you were birthday. born on his birthday. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the star of it all. January 8th. <laughs> yep. That's why I'm always going to be the favorite kid and I'm okay with that. And, and that's, why, <laughs> that's why I think I should never forget his birthday. And I did this year, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you didn't forget. You were just a little late, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a special day. You love listening to the Statler brothers now, right? Oh, the Statlers. Oh, yes. That's I the... got them on every other day. And Honey and I, my little dog and I, we danced to the music. Last night I dressed in tails, pretended I was on the town. As long as I can dream, it's hard to slow the swinger down. So please don't give a thought to me, I'm really doing fine. You can always find me here and having quite a time. Counting flowers on the wall, that don't bother me at all. Playing solitaire till dawn with a deck of 51. Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. Now don't tell me I've nothing to do. How does that sound? That's awesome because you got to keep fit and you got to enjoy music. So you're doing two great things for yourself, which is oh, I'm really yes. happy about. And the Statler oh. brothers are legendary, so you can't go oh, wrong. Oh, they are legendary, and I that's what I wish someday I could meet them. Yeah, sadly, I wikipedia and they are not performing together. But uh, one of the guys is Jimmy Fortune, and I reached out to his management company and stuff, and so I'm waiting to hear back from them to see what they say. Okay. Yeah. That sounds so good. Yeah, I'd love to have oh, a guy wow. named Jimmy Fortune on the show. How cool is that name? <laughs> well, I just got about to turn on my record here. I should have had it on when you called. <laughs> Nothing really ever quite works out perfectly on It's a Show, so no. that goes right along with our theme. I'll pre-call next time. On our show, Mom, we're in relentless pursuit of Jan Arden. Do you know who Jan Arden is? No. Okay. Well, maybe we should be in relentless pursuit of the Statler Brothers instead, because this would help you out better. Yeah. But- Jan Arden is a singer songwriter and she's based out of Calgary. Really funny. And she's been, you might have seen her on that show, The Rick Mercer Report. Have you ever seen that show? He had Jan Arden and they went to the top of the CN Tower in Toronto. And oh, yeah. He, he yeah, had her hooked yeah. to the cables and he was making her like go outside, like hooked to a wire. Did you ever see that? That was crazy. No, no, no. I don't think so. Okay. Well, she's very funny, and we just want to get her on It's a Show podcast and talk to her for a bit. Oh, wow. So do you know anybody that would know Jan Arden, Mom? No, I don't think so, son. You know anybody? I mean, if you would give me a little time to think about these names, then it might come to me, but... She's a unique Jan because she's got two N's on the end of her name. Jan. Jan Arden. Yeah. Okay. So... We'll just leave it there then, and uh, yeah. maybe if you got some, yeah, yeah, if anything twigs, you can phone me day or night on my cell. Oh, okay. You're asking a lot. <laughs> I always do, don't I? As, uh, at least I'm consistent. Well, honey, <laughs> you should have done this a little earlier. I might have had more. <laughs> think, but I'll think about it while I'm sitting here watching TV. You're going to see uh, your second favorite son in Vancouver, yes. so maybe you can ask Warhead, my brother. Yeah, my I'll, brother I'll ask him. Ask him because he used to live in Calgary, so he might have seen her. Yeah. Okay. What's your first name again? Jan, and you got the two ends on the end. Jan. Yeah, Jan. Yeah. Jan. Jan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jan. So Jan Arden, singer, songwriter, and he can always yeah. text me if he needs. Yeah. Clarification. Oh, sure. 
thank you for phoning. But uh, next time, giving you a little more notice if I'm going to be on the air. Okay, yes. thanks, honey. Okay, have a great day, Ma. Yeah, you too, dear. Talk to I you love soon. you. I love you too. Bye-bye. It's a show epilogue. Well, as I sit here and contemplate what just happened, I would have to say it was a very successful episode in Relentless Pursuit of Jan Arden, because not only do we have the power and connections of my own mom, Doreen, behind us, we now have Nashville singer-songwriter Victoria Banks behind us, and she put out a really great tweet right after we finished the show. At Jan Arden, I just talked with at the Greg Shannon's It's a Show Pod about your At Thistle Farm show. He'd love to talk with you before your Red Deer gig. What more can you ask for, ladies and gentlemen? Great friends and a great episode of It's a Show brought to you by OpenHighway.com. That's OpenHWY.com. And our pals at the world-famous Jackpot Casino in beautiful downtown Red Deer, where winners play, jpcasino.ca. Wondering how you can help us grow the show? Please use that hashtag, grow the show, and of course, Hashtag Relentless Pursuit of Jan Arden. Hit the social media hard at It's a Show Pod on Instagram and Twitter and It's a Show Podcast on Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hi, guys. This is singer-songwriter Victoria Bank, and I think I helped out with the Relentless Pursuit of Jan Arden. <laughs> In